Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies. So we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Because you know what it feels like to me? It feels like a bait and switch. It feels like we get to this point where they're like, well, they're too big to fail. Well, why did you let them get so big? This is Sarah and Beth. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics, the home of grace-filled political conversations. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pantsuit Politics. Every episode in this intense time is so special to us to get a chance to talk to each other, to get a chance to connect with all of you, to share the things you're sending us. We're just so grateful that you're all here. We are trying to be present with this community every single day in some way. And so on Instagram, as always, in our stories, which if you're not an Instagram power user, the stories are the little round circles at the top of the screen. You just touch it and you can see everything there. And it's a lot. We're involving our kids a lot there. So you can hop in on Instagram and also on our Patreon page. Normally, our offerings on Patreon are in tiers of support. You have to pay more to get more content right now. If you support... 
the show at any level at all, you get everything that we're making. So we are doing together a short seven to 10 minute podcast each evening. I'm also trying to pop in on some non-COVID-19 related stories to help keep us in a sense of normalcy about the news. So two places that you can get your Pantsuit Politics fix if you need it in between our regular episodes. And before we start with the show, we're going to talk about the rescue package. We're going to catch up on some of the other news related to the coronavirus. But we wanted to share a meditation because we really enjoyed sharing that part of the show with you guys. And you're sending us so many good ones. So we thought we'd start with that. This is from Caitlin. And she sent us a portion of Journey of the Soul by Doris Klein. When we face those times of uncertainty in our life, the scene is often blurry. Things we were so sure of suddenly make little sense. The answers we thought were clear now seem lost in a distant fog, and we wonder aimlessly, unable to regain the focus we once believed we had. Our confusion is unsettling. Doubt, like vertigo, distorts our balance as we fearfully wander in a vast and empty inner wilderness. As we wrestle with the darkness, a rush of panic washes into our heart. Our breath becomes shallow, and with each question, the judgments seem to escalate. When these times of mystery seem endless and our souls become weary of the stretch to believe, our prayer must be a simple request, that we be reminded that we have not been abandoned in this place to wander forever alone, for it is often a silent flicker in our heart, the tiny voice within, that whispers wordlessly, you are always loved, you are never alone. I will say that this time has shown all the beautiful ways that we're connected to each other, all the ways human beings reach out and shout, hey, you're not alone, you're not alone, I'm here too. Um, It's been, again, it's, you know, not to be Charles Dickens over here, but it's been the best of times and the worst of times. Well, we got numbers this morning indicating that we have historic levels of unemployment in the country as businesses start to grapple with the reality of being forced to close and forced to close for at least a few weeks and perhaps a few months. And so we're going to talk about the CARES Act, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief and Economic Security Act that was passed in the Senate that the House should be taking up today, Friday, as you're listening to this podcast And I think the first thing to say is, in light of these historic unemployment numbers, something needed to happen. What was going to happen could not be perfect in any scenario. And I think that this package is like a lot of really big measures from the federal government, where everyone reviewing it is going to find things that they think are really valuable and things that they think are not valuable. But this passed the Senate 96 to zero after a couple of very contentious days. And that is something that as an American, I just have to celebrate, even where I have some disagreement with what's in this act. The four missing votes were Mike Lee and Mitt Romney from Utah, who are self-isolating after having contact with our Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, who tested positive for the coronavirus. And the second in command in the Senate, um, John Thune, who went home after feeling sick. I'm not sure if he's been tested or not. So those were the four missing votes. Um, when I, I when I see the 96 to zero and I think back over what's happened, um, beginning with the phase one relief that was offering money to the agencies that were on the front lines of this and then continuing through phase two from the House that went to the Senate and extended a lot of paid leave, free testing. And now this third phase, I think, oh, you guys can do your job. 
What about that? What about the fact that you can get together, fight it out, get some of the things you want, not get some of the things you want, and still pass something that will affect every single American? Who knew that Congress still had it in them? I'm really glad. It looked like it was going to be a disastrous week right in the middle of this. And my take about that was, well, of course it's a disaster. They're out of practice. They don't legislate anymore. They just confirm Mm -hmm. judges and hold hearings and, you know, do oversight for the cameras. So they very quickly got this done. I mean, honestly, this is $2.2 trillion is 10% of our GDP. As Sarah pointed out on Instagram, it's more than the entire federal budget for a year. And they managed to pass it unanimously. I just feel really optimistic about that, even where I'm sort of scratching my head about some of what they chose to do. I'm just proud that they did it and that they did it in this way. The Daily had some really good coverage about this, that so much of what went down over the last few days, including at points when it looked like this might not get passed, is reflective of the 2008 recession and the TARP legislation that went through. And really, you know, they came to the Senate and they said, it's an emergency, do something, bail these industries out. They did. And then both parties suffered. You had the Tea Party on the right, who was furious at the level of government spending. You had Occupy Wall Street on the left um, and the progressive movement that was furious at the level of corporate bailout, in particular, the lack of responsibility to these to these industries that caused Many of the financial problems um, in 2007 and 2008. And so they're all, they were both a little gun shy, I think, about spending this much money, offering corporate bailouts. And I'm just going to be, can I, can I take a moment to just be partisan? Is that allowed? Can I do that? I mean, it's your show. Yeah. <laughs> I am really happy with the ways in which the, the Democratic leadership negotiated this bill, including Chuck Schumer, who I know you had some some concerns and doubts about. You know, I think that the idea that Mitch McConnell told everybody to swallow the phase two bill and then expected Democrats to roll over to all his concerns. And then they said, no, you know what? That has not worked out well with us in the past. You are not trustworthy. What you put in legislation is, you you know, he's just, he doesn't play with good faith, even in a national crisis. And I'm really glad that they held their ground and said, no, we're not going to do this $500 billion for the Treasury to hand out to whoever they want. There will be some responsibility here. There will be regulations here. And I'm just, I'm really, proud of that. I'm really happy about that. And not because, you know, I just want to stick it to Mitch McConnell at every opportunity, although do I? Probably. Um, But because, again, this is how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be compromise. And so often, especially when Mitch McConnell has been in power, it's been you respect the norms. And then when it comes to my time, I'm going to shred them and do what I want. And so I'm just I'm glad it didn't come out like that this time. And I think as it pertains to sort of the Facebook punditry, it is important to keep that context in mind that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have this in their first rodeo with McConnell. Mm -hmm. And so as you saw items floating around about things Democrats wanted to include that made your eyes roll, 
part of that I think is strategic that you put some things in that you know can come off the table and you give everybody a little bit of room to fight against something the other side wants and to declare victory when it goes out. That is how Congress used to work. That is what, mm-hmm. how you get to a 96-0 vote, doing that little dance. And I think it's important that we all take a breath and not be looking for those things to fight about when ultimately what we got is a lot of infusion of cash into an economy that needs it and spread out. Yes, there is a lot of money for big business in here, but there is also a lot of money for other people. I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think anybody thinks it's going to be enough. And yet, having a 96-0 vote out of the Senate to give Mitch McConnell a little bit of credit, which is not a thing that I enjoy doing, puts enormous pressure on House Republicans to get on board Mm -hmm. with this as well. Well, and I've noticed this really interesting psychological reaction in myself. I saw a tweet about several million dollars going to the Kennedy Center. And I kind of got upset. I was like, what What does the Kennedy Center need? Blah, 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 blah. Shortly after that, I saw an article about how the Postal Service is like going under and how they put money in about the Postal Service. And even the money about the Postal Service, after I'd read the article, I felt myself being a little, not defensive, but I just realized if I read it, if I had read an article that said, the Kennedy Center is on the verge of collapse because of the coronavirus. I would have been like, oh, no. And I would have been so upset and it would have been something I had an added layer of anxiety about. But then when I see the money in the bill, (laughs) I'm like defensive about it. And it was the same with the post. Of course, we need the Postal Service. Of course, we should bail out the Postal Service. And it's like, I I don't know what that is that like you can read an article about the crisis and you feel sympathetic. But when you see money going out to solve the crisis, you get defensive. I don't know if in my like sort of my defensiveness is every cent of this should just go to everyday Americans. Oh, when so I know when that's you, not true and I, I'm I know sorry. that won't work. But. I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So when you say that you're getting defensive, you mean you don't like seeing the money in the bill? Yeah. Okay. And I okay. don't I, – it's like a weird psychological thing. I can't really even explain. And I thought a lot about my reaction um, to these like, indi- like individual outlays within the legislation. And I think you're so – like that's so – hypocritical in a way, because if you read an article about it, you'd be like, they need to do something. And then they do something. You're like, oh, where are they giving money to this to this particular cause? (laughs) I do think it's hard because this is such a triage moment that you I think that's why you have that reaction. Of course, I want to save that, but not this second. You know, not when these urgent things are happening all around us, when it feels like Rome is burning. You're not like, hey, Let's let's preserve the place where we put on some plays. You know, it's just it's a hard thing to handle psychologically. I also think it's important to remember, though, that some of what we view when we get those snippets, we don't have any context for. It looks like a lot of money went into some universities in this bill. But many of those universities have hospitals that provide a ton of health care to their communities. So I just try to remember I don't have all the facts and there are necessarily bargaining chips in here. You know, that is just how you put the bargaining chips in so you can get to a passage of a vote. And and we if we want Congress to work, some of that is just part of the process. Let's talk about what is in the bill and what we think is really important in the bill. We start with like about five hundred billion dollars that will in one form or another through direct cash payments or unemployment insurance 
reach individuals and families? The Washington Post has a really great calculator where you can put in um, your income from either 2018, if you have not filed your 2019 taxes yet, or 2019, um, and your ch- how many children, household married, and all that, and it will tell you how much money that you're supposed to get. I know we were getting a lot of questions about this from Twitter. I can tell other sort of journalists and, and organizations were getting similar questions. So that calculator will help um, if you're trying to figure out how much your individual check will be. I also read that you would want to get signed up for the automatic deposit on the IRS's website, which my husband tells me we already are. So that's good because um, you will they can automatically deposit the check instead of waiting for it to go through the mail because we had a, a couple people worried about like they moved recently and where the check would go. What's extraordinary here is that if your 2019 tax return wasn't filed, they'll get your 2018 return. And if you haven't filed for either year, they're going to go to your Social Security benefit statement. So this mm. is the government really meeting us where we are in a way that is very atypical. If you do not have a valid Social Security number for yourself, your spouse, qualifying children, it's going to be hard to get these funds. And so if you have any questions about that, I'm certain that there will be a crop of lawyers coming out to say, let us help Mm -hmm. you through this. Contact those people and try to figure it out. This phases out based on adjusted gross income, so your total income minus particular deductions. And if your adjusted gross income exceeds $75,000, the amount of benefit that you get is going to start to go down $5 for every $100 over $75,000 that you make. And Forbes has a great article that shows you exactly how this calculation works that we'll put in the show notes. Here is where I think there are lots of us thinking Congress has not gone far enough here. Because, of course, we want to put money into the hands of the people who have the least money. But depending on where you live in the United States, $99,000 a year, there are a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck on that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hopeful that this is just an, another step and that there will be a step behind it that shores up relief for people, even in the higher income brackets that are still going to be suffering as the year goes on. We also have an extension of unemployment insurance, which I think is really great. This is also where we saw the controversy bubble up between Senators Ben Sass, Rick Scott, and Lindsey Graham, who feared that it would incentivize people not to work, especially in the healthcare sector, which, guys, I, I really, really, really struggled with this, really struggled with this particular argument. I don't think that you should make policy, whether you are the teacher of a sixth grade classroom or the chief HR officer of a company or a senator based on the people who you think are the worst of the people that you Mm -hmm. are serving. Because I think when you make policy toward the bottom, you alienate absolutely everybody in the process and incentivize people to live down to those standards. And when you convey a sense of trust, Most people will live up to those standards. And I think it is just outrageous to suggest about our medical professionals and all of the people who work in healthcare, janitors, nursing assistants, receptionists, who are putting their physical health at risk by going to work right now, that they're going to calculate that they might fare better on unemployment insurance and go home. 
if they're already willing to put their physical health at risk in the midst of this virus, I think we should assume that they're going to keep going to work because they have a sense of purpose about their work. And that is what really bugs me. And this is where I feel so ripped off as someone who has been a Republican for most of my life and heard people extol the dignity of work and how good work Mm. is for everybody to suggest that people who are living out that purpose right now in ways that are frankly miraculous would just ditch that for what is the equivalent of $15 an hour. It just, it really bothers me that they made these statements at this time. Also, for what it's worth, I don't want to, if if there are people making that calculation, or if there are people even calculating, I can live off this, I'll make less, but I can live all this and I don't want to go risk my life. Okay. Do we really want to like draft people, force healthcare workers into situations into which they're not comfortable or which they don't feel a duty to serve? Come on, let's not go down that road. So the positive side of this unemployment (laughs) section is that those guys didn't win, okay? Their amendment failed, and they were convinced not to hold everything up over it. And so unemployment insurance has been extended. We did have, as we mentioned earlier, a huge number of filings for unemployment. And really good news, there are going to be unemployment insurance provisions available for independent contractors, gig economy workers, people who are self-employed, folks who typically have not been able to access this kind of support will be able to get it now. I felt like Governor Bashir was about to cry when he re- when he was finally able to share that news with Kentucky during press conference. bursting with for relief. Days. <laughs> yeah. days he'd been like, I'm going to have some news on this. I'm getting news on this. I'm going to have some news on this. And he was finally like, I have such good news. He was so <laughs> happy and I was happy for him and all of these people affected by this extension. We also have, speaking of state and local leaders, emergency money for state and local governments who are definitely going to be facing some budgetary shortfalls because they can't print money like the federal government. That's really problematic. Also pouring some more money into FEMA, which, you know, we're starting to see federal agencies step up and start putting support on the ground in real hot spots like New York City. And so hopefully more funds to those agencies will dial up that response even more. $349 billion in the package is for small business loans. Loans is a little bit misleading, though, because some of these will not need to be repaid if they are used in accordance with provisions of the bills. This is another place where I really recommend that Forbes article. As you start to understand what might be available to your small business, you need to read the fine print on all of this. You need to really understand before you sign up for one of these loans what you're doing, what the terms are, and what has to be repaid. The point of this funding is to allow small businesses to make payroll for employees up to $100,000 a year. You cannot get loans to make payroll for people who are making more for for the portion that exceeds $100,000 a year in terms of salary. And we're defining small business in this package as fewer than 500 employees. So fewer than 500 all the way down to sole proprietors and nonprofits. And then we did have the $500 billion in money for big businesses that will be dispensed by the Treasury Department. As we mentioned on a previous episode, there will be transparency. There will be accountability to a commission as well as the inspector general and no administrative or congressional 
members or family members can directly benefit from these loans. We're going to come back to talk about corporate bailouts in just a second, but let's kind of review the rest of this. There's $100 billion plus another $80 billion going to hospitals and other healthcare measures like telehealth and community health centers. Airlines are getting some targeted funding relief. Are tons of tax changes. So many tax changes. The most relevant thing probably for all of us immediately is an extension of the deadline to file for 2019. But there are rules about using retirement funds for expenses related to COVID-19, changes to charitable deductions, qualified improvements to properties, and the list goes on and on and on. So this is, I mean, it's an 800-plus page bill. There is a lot going on in it. God bless you CPAs out there right now trying to shift directions dramatically. At this point in the year, too. Oh, my goodness. Before we shift directions dramatically and start talking about corporate bailouts and the other pieces of this bill, we're going to share a few words from our sponsor. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain which is Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college, y'all. He's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi-connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. 
Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The House of Representatives is going to take a look at this bill now. And you have a big split, especially as it relates to corporate bailouts. And it could shake out very differently between the time we're recording on Thursday afternoon and the time you listen on Friday morning, because life is coming at us all fast right now. But there are objections to corporate bailouts coming from very different perspectives, people you wouldn't normally expect to agree. I thought a good example of this were tweets from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Justin Amash. So Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, just a reminder that there is absolutely no good reason why Senate Republicans are tying a, a historic corporate giveaway to getting relief money in the hands of families. They could just authorize sending checks to families today, right now, and deal with the rest, but they refuse. And then Justin Amash was did a long, very thoughtful thread about why direct cash payments to individuals are important. And he says, we, sh- we should do this without regards to people's income level because that slows the process down and everybody's mm-hmm. having to adapt to changes quickly. And he wrote, neither Congress nor the Treasury Secretary should be picking winners and losers. Corporate welfare is not only unjust, but also reflects government conceit. Only consumers, not politicians, can appropriately determine which companies deserve to succeed. If Congress is looking to spend more money here. Just give it to the people. I mean, in in some ways, I agree with him. The problem with customers can't decide right now because there are no customers. So I think that particular way of thinking about it is a little unfair. When everything is shut down, there are, there is no market. There's no market-based competition because there's no market right now. I think, though, what bugs me is, you know, in some ways, I and more open to a corporate bailout than I was, say, in 2008, because despite the fact that we have global travel that definitely spread the virus, it did not create coronavirus, COVID-19. So, you know, they didn't cause the problem. But then there's a part of me that's like, you know, the CEOs of the airlines probably read The Atlantic, too. And we all saw that article, and I'm assuming they have corporate resources that do research and anticipate risks and challenges that their giant corporations could face. And if we're all reading about it in The Atlantic, what happens when the next plague comes, then surely they were, too. And there is a part of me that thinks, shouldn't they be held responsible to a certain extent Um for not being prepared and for not doing everything they could. You know, if if Facebook and Apple are giving away protective gear, anticipating a wildfire, then clearly corporations do try to think through and anticipate these sort of disasters. And so I think there should be some sort of responsibility placed on corporations that instead of doing buybacks or CEO raises, they should have been preparing for something that expert upon expert upon expert said was coming and that would have directly affected their industries. We got an email from Leslie who is concerned that we're viewing this in a short-sighted way because we're not thinking about the employees of big corporations. And I totally hear that concern. I am very pro-business in many ways. Here is why I object to this provision now. We're only two weeks into this. 
and look at how we view individuals as we're talking about cash payments. We're saying right now in this bill, if you make $99,000 a year or more, you should be able to figure this out. You have made Mm -hmm. enough money over time that you should have saved some of it so that you could deal with an unexpected circumstance and you should be in a position to innovate your way through this crisis. Now, if we believe that about a family living on $99,000 a year or $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year, I think we can expect the same of the airline industry and the hotel industry. Mm -hmm. Even in these businesses where I get that the margins are thin, I get that this is painful and it is hard. If we today can't help every family in America, then I don't understand why we can today help these large industries. And I do agree with Justin Amash. It is better today to put the money in the hands of the people. And I think there is an enormous opportunity as people get back on their feet to build that new market and to look at, I might buy my car from GM now because GM stepped up and made ventilators. You know, Mm -hmm. I might look differently at the marketplace based on how corporations, the places that said, you know what, use my cruise ships for floating hospitals while you need to. That's going to influence my choices as a consumer when we do have that market back. And so it is not that I think we should never, ever put some support into corporate America. It is that I think we do that all the time through tax breaks and all kinds of other incentives. And today, when I look at where the real crisis is, I am most concerned about individual workers and less concerned about companies and the stock market. Because you know what it feels like to me? It feels like a bait and switch. It feels like we get to this point where they're like, well, they're too big to fail. Well, why did you let them get so big? If they're too big to fail, then why don't we have regulations in place that prevent growth to that level, that prevent monopolies, that prevent merger upon merger upon merger, so that then we are at this place where all of a sudden you've allowed this beast to be created that we all have to support. And it it feels like, you know, it's not a problem without a solution. There's a solution. Don't let them get this big. There are more options available as you have more money and you get bigger in our society. There are options through Chapter 11 relief. There, there is a credit worthiness that many of these large entities have that small businesses don't. That's why getting this money to small businesses is really important. They can't just go borrow it. Some of these giant mm-hmm. companies can. You know, there are, there are more options available to them, which is why when we're triaging our needs, they don't make my list of our most urgent needs. And I would have much preferred that Congress do this through separate bills look at what we're going to do for business after we provide for individuals first. But they didn't, and it still got done. And I celebrate that, and I understand that sometimes tying things together is is how the sausage is made. I just want to say, it is not that I don't care about our businesses. I care about them very much. They just don't make my top priorities right now. Well, and I just think that this conversation is valuable because we're not done. Right. We're on phase three. We got a lot more phases to go. And so we need to think about what parts of this do we like, what parts of this do we not like, and communicate with our representatives because they're going to be facing a lot more votes like this. 
After our conversation about conspiracy theories, we heard from Megan, who wants to know what we make of the fact that Russia is so populous and has so few confirmed cases of COVID-19 right now. She said that she kind of feels like she felt in 2014 when the world was focused on the Olympics and Vladimir Putin was like smiling for the cameras and also attacking Ukraine. And she's wondering what's going on here. Well, after we got her message, I, you know, I got on the Internet. I think his tone has shifted ever so slightly in the last few days. I don't think we're ever going to see a real outflow of transparent numbers from Russia. That's just like it's totally not their thing. I don't think we're getting an outflow of accurate numbers from Iran either. Um, I'm terrified. I don't I try not to even think about what's actually going on in Iran right now. Um so I, I just think that – but he is saying, like, we're not going to be able to protect it. Like, we're not going to – or we're not going to be able to protect our borders. It's going to come here. He put on um, a hazmat suit and went and visited a victim in the hospital. So um, I think if you – if you know, as best you can, considering the kind of stuff they put out, you're seeing a shift in tone. I also just think that the testing isn't up to snuff there either. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. we still have a handle on how many cases are walking around in the United States because we don't have enough tests. And I've read news reports, and we'll put some links in the show notes, that Russia doesn't have enough tests either. The leaders who have been behind this thing are trying to downplay it because it looks really bad that they were behind Mm -hmm. it. And they were behind it for a lot of reasons. It's just that failure to take it seriously enough early enough, that failure to start coordinating with the private sector early enough. I mentioned GM a second ago. They said, yeah, we can make ventilators, but it's going to take us until about June to be able to do that. There's a run-up time to switch your operations, even when you're working really hard to do it, which means that if if we had jumped on this As soon as we started getting the information, we would have a lot more options than we have today. And I think when you have leaders like Putin, um, like Xi Jinping in China, who have built this sort of image of themselves as infallible, like our president, it's really difficult Mm -hmm. for them to be honest with people about what's actually going on in their countries. I spoke on the Nightly Nuance last night about that I've entered the anger phase of grief. I'm just so... You know, the more we read, the more we find out, the more we see the reports from our government that were available to say, okay, the second this hits, this is how we prepare ourselves, and that we didn't, and that's why we're all in this space right now. It just, I just have to breathe through it. It's really, really hard to think about. And then to to think about that, to see the, all this information about the disbanding of the global pandemic unit, of the ignoring of the playbook experts put together and and just the delay, the delay, the delay in testing and appropriate response. And then to see that in concert with a surge in his approval ratings is enough to really send me out the deep end. Well, and now for some good news. <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we have that end of the spectrum. Uh, we ask you all to share your local and state officials who are doing a good job and you have stepped up. We have weeks and weeks of these to share, and we want you to keep them coming. It's a wonderful, pleasant thing to have in our email. So let's hear from Abby first. I thought we should start with Abby, Sarah, because Texas had to deal with the embarrassment of its lieutenant governor basically saying, you know, 
the elderly would choose to die instead of have the economy suffer. Uh, that was terrible. So we're going to talk about the good side of Texas right now. Abby wants to tell us about her local county judge, Michael Roach. She says, I'm from a tiny town in West Texas in a county of less than 10,000. Yesterday, he and our mayor issued a shelter-in-place order for our county, the first such order given in the big country. We have no confirmed cases in Stevens County, but he understands the gravity and took important steps yesterday. I feel like Michael exemplifies the spirit of your show. He is a hardline libertarian, but he doesn't shirk from discussions with opposing viewpoints. My husband and I are part of what we affectionately call the 8%, which represents Democrats living here in Stevens County. <laughs> yeah, 8% of the votes in 2016 in our county were Democratic. We recently named one of the top 10 most conservative towns in Texas. Anyway, he regularly reaches out to those of us in the 8% to feel us out about different situations. In this case, he has listened to us closely. I'm so proud of how he has conducted himself in this position. Many people here don't believe this COVID situation is a big deal, but he was able to sell the shelter in place, thank God. He has pounded the pavements for the last two weeks, working with community leaders of all stripes, organizing and planning. And I am really thrilled to hear this from Abby. Yeah, that makes me cry. Just so smart, like so smart to get out there to talk to people, to sell it. And look, you know, they're going to benefit from that because they don't have any confirmed cases and they're already sheltering in place. They will flatten the curve and their health system, especially in a rural place like that, um, that are already sometimes in delicate positions, won't be overwhelmed. That is life-saving leadership right there. Well, let's take a breath and switch gears a little bit because we had a couple 2020 questions. There is still going to be an election in November. Sometimes it's hard to remember huh. that. I wondered what you thought of Catherine's question, Sarah. She asked us how to respond to people who are questioning Joe Biden's mental fitness, given his age, for the presidency. She's having this struggle with her father and is wondering what we would recommend. I think this is really hard. I think that some of those attacks have landed and found fertile ground because of his age, because of his, um, you know, long-term sort of speech impediment and reputation for gaffes. And I think he just, the more work he does going out there um, and doing like the press conferences he's doing from his home and, and the online town halls, people are just going to have to see him, I think, to really experience a different side of him, of Joe Biden. Although you would think with as long a career as he ha has had, that there would be think, plenty of things to point to. And I just think there's some, you know, we spend a lot of time in politics talking about sexism and racism, but the reality is that ageism is a thing for sure. And while there is a, a certain amount of truth and reality to um, the way our brains change as we age, I think that it's just, it's so easy. Heck, you don't even have to go that far. You can look at how, the way people talk about the coronavirus and see that sort of philosophy or mentality or just underlying stereotypes. So I don't have an easy, like, one-liner to use. I just think it's going to be a conversation we'll be having throughout the election. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, 
And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I have three suggestions. Number one, I question what's really going on in those conversations given that what looks to be our choices for president, no matter what happens between now and November, are all people in about the same age range and are all people where you might have moments where you think, are things really firing on all cylinders here? And, And I don't mean that in an ugly, dismissive way. And our country has been through this before, right? We've had presidents who have had cognitive decline issues, um, serious ones. But I question whether that is about Joe Biden or if that is an excuse to say I'm uncomfortable voting for a Democrat. And so I'm going to take this excuse because I don't see how you have that concern about Biden, but not about Donald Trump. 
Um, so that's my first question. Just what's what's really going on here? What's this really about? Secondly, I think the article that The Atlantic had about his stuttering is really valuable in the way that he mm-hmm. has dealt with that issue and the way that it has impacted some of his speech. It's just it's a really well done piece with some really good information in it. The third thing that I would say is that because of his long service to the country, Joe Biden is going to have, and you already see this happening with his campaign now as other campaigns have suspended, the talent of the entire Democratic Party and some of the old Republican Party is completely available to him. He will be able to staff an outstanding cabinet, I believe. I think his White House staff will be a blockbuster group of people. And Mm -hmm. so where you worry about a president's health and well-being along a variety of factors, I think that a President Biden will more than cover the needs that would arise should he decline, um, and that that talent pool is such a stark contrast to what President Trump has available uh, that I find it very reassuring. I mean, if I'm just being flippant, I just say, well, we'll have a female vice president, so... (laughs) If I'm being flip, which I don't want to be right now because it's a very serious time, but now that he's pledged to appoint a woman as his vice president, it's not that I'm not worried about it or that I don't think there is reason to to take his age into account and take it seriously. I just think there's a problem with the leap from age to mental soundness. I think there's a real problem there. I think that's right. And I also just think that often... We glom on to personal characteristics that are really about our politics anyway. Mm -hmm. Andrew wrote to us concerned about the conversation we had about Senator Sanders. And I think that I said, I I will take the the blame for this one, that I think he is an excellent activist and not someone who would make an excellent president. And I I do mean that. Um, But Andrew asked, do we think that activists cannot truly be political leaders doomed to never be on the inside? One can point to the presidency of Nelson Mandela in South Africa and Gandhi's leadership in India as examples of social activists who were clearly effective in politics. And of course, of course, I think those skill sets can sync up. I also think it's really special when they do. And that's why we know a lot of those names. Um, I think that there are, let me use this example from my personal life. There are a lot of amazing lawyers out there, and very few amazing lawyers are also amazing managers, leaders Mm. of law firms. Some of them are, and when it happens, it is a really special and wonderful thing. But it's just kind of rare because they're really different qualities that make you good at each side of it. And that's true in lots of industries where someone who is excellent at the at the technical aspects of doing a job also has all of the skills that makes them really great in positions of leadership. And I think activists by their nature tend to be, you know, Sarah and I have talked about this a lot, outside the system people who are there to put pressure on the system. And so for a person to have that pressure on the system outsider viewpoint and also be able to adjust and have all of the administrative qualities needed to make things go, it's just rare. I think it can happen It's just rare. Well, and that's the thing. He's had a long experience. He's had a long career in politics to see if he can meld those two worlds. And the truth is, he doesn't have a lot to show for it. I mean, Gandhi and Mandela were amazing because they could do that shift, because they could shift from the outside the system purist approach and then come in the system and make the compromises. Not everybody is happy with 
some of the things that Nelson Mandela or Gandhi have done. Let's just be clear on that. It's not like, you know, they don't have their critics as well and didn't at the time. And so, you know, to make that shift and then to become compromised and getting things done. And the, the reality is that um, except, except for a few major bills like the VA bill that I think we've talked about on the show before, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a history of um, as he became a United States senator moving into the system and being able to um, accomplish a lot of the things that he um, held closely as an activist. I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. I think the record shows that. So, um, you know, I think that in, with him in particular, it's not like he's just stepping into the system for the first time and we're going to see if he's really up for it. Um, he was in, he's been in the system as a United States senator for decades and we can look to that record to see, oh, can he make the shift from being consistent in his values and his beliefs as an activist to um, being able to compromise and make deals and get things done as a, as a political leader? OK, our final 2020 question came from Wendy, who is experiencing people in her life who she loves, who quote Romans 13, 1 through 7 to her about how Christians are supposed to follow the rules of the land as reasons to be unwaveringly supportive of Donald Trump. And she's asking how to have a grace-filled discussion when someone is using scripture to bolster their political votes. And this is the give to God what is God and Caesar's what is Caesar's section of Romans. You know, that's cool, I guess. I mean, I think that's really about like obeying the laws. No one's asking you to disobey the laws. We're just asking you not to vote for Donald Trump again. Um, And I think that the problem is the mixing. The he's sent by God. He's he's, you know, the anointed one. And this this mixing of those two worlds that you see a lot when when um, evangelical leaders in particular like Falwell um, talk about Trump. And so, you know, it's not like we're going to compartmentalize like evangelicals did for decades and decades and didn't participate in politics and leave to the politics what is politics and, and occupy themselves with sort of spiritual pursuits. It's that that's inextricably mixed up right now. So I don't know. I don't buy it. I struggle in any scenario where someone's like, here is a verse that justifies all the things. Mm -hmm. It's just not my view of scripture. If I were really trying to sit down and have a conversation with someone about this, I would be bringing up how critical of leadership Christ was. How frequently Mm -hmm. Jesus was saying, I don't like what's going on here and I'm going to disrupt it. And I think that you can really support the country. You can really support the office of the president. You can wish for Trump's success, all from a place of deep and abiding faith. And I think you can also criticize him and decide that he is not the best leader for our country from a place of deep and abiding faith. And to me, the book of Romans, important as it is in many respects to my life, I don't think was written to tell me how to view Donald Trump personally. We have a really fun thing for the end of the show. Thomas, husband of the year, reached out to us and asked if we would wish his lovely wife, Haley, a happy birthday because she said that's all she wanted for her birthday. So happy birthday, Haley. And congratulations on choosing wisely. What a good listener of a husband you have. That's amazing. Also... Tomorrow, mark your calendar, Saturday, in the book of things to look forward to, 
8.30 p.m. local time. We're all going to switch our lights off for one hour in support of Earth Hour, which I think is another beautiful way to connect as communities in our shared human pursuits. And we wanted to close out the show with something that a listener, Sarah, sent to us that was so beautiful and so touching that we just could not keep it to ourselves. You see, I think that crisis has the same effect as miracles in a way. Stay with me here. C.S. Lewis wrote that the miraculous is God's way of showing us in a close-up, concise way what he's always doing. Every year he turns water into wine when rain falls from the clouds, and the people he made press the grapes. Every day he uses people to heal others with their hands. It just takes some time. The problem is we forget. We forget that he's always doing it, and it takes something in our faces to get us to remember. I feel like crisis is the same. We forget that our elderly neighbors always need someone to check on them. We forget that supporting local businesses always has an effect on the well-being of our neighbors. We forget that the church's job was always been caring for others. And we forget that we have, I would agree, argue, an obligation to live generally healthy lives to ease the pressure on a healthcare system that's always under strain. So there's room for those who really need it. We forget that spending time with your family is a gift that won't always be there. So when this is all over... Don't think about the 20-somethings crowded on the beach on the news. Remember the kids who are taking every spring break volunteering delivering meals. Remember that the small business owner down the street always depends on you to put food on their table. Remember that every day doctors and nurses are stressed by the number of people walking through their doors, and many of us can help change it by the choices we make at every meal and every moment sitting on the couch. Remember that life isn't about being as busy as you can. Your life is yours. I'm not going to tell you how to live it. I only hope that all of us can take whatever it is we see in this situation, grow from it, and continue realizing what's important when it's all over. Sarah's email is characteristic of the beauty unfolding in our inboxes right now because this community of people is amazing. If you could sit and read our email, you would feel abundantly better about the state of things, I promise you, and we're so grateful for it. Keep them coming and make sure that you're signed up for our email newsletter so that you can read lots of these messages. We really like to share what you all send to us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Paint Sue Politics. We will be back in your ears on Tuesday. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. Thanks for making us sound better, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our managing director, which means we could not make it without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help us make the show. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Our executive producers are Tracy Putoff. Tim Miller, Martha Branitsky, Tiffany Hasler, Joshua Allen, David McWilliams, Amy Whited, Allie Edwards, and Jared Minson. Our theme music is composed and performed by Dante Lima. The music under our ads is composed and performed by Dylan Garvin. Learn more about our lives, live events that we're involved in, and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.